Well, welcome everyone. It's Pastor Cooper. I wanted to welcome you to uh, Cheney Faith Center's new podcast called The Midweek. And simply it's going to be um, a conversation with Pastor Mark and myself, some other guests. Um, and we're going to just dialogue more on what we spoke of during the Sunday message or things in our certain cultural moment that just deserves some space to just dialogue some more from a biblical perspective. And so um, this is going to happen throughout the midweek. We're going to hopefully release this about every Wednesday. And just to give us a chance to just have some more um, things to help us know Jesus and live for him daily. If podcasts are your thing, uh, maybe this will help just in your discipleship as you own your faith. Um, So yeah, we are excited about this and we're also looking for feedback. So if you're listening to this, um, let us know. Or maybe there's some things that you want us to talk through and um, yeah, just to bring some biblical perspective and thought to. So yeah, so with that, this is what this week's episode is going to be. All right, well... Um, we're going to be talking about chapter 14 of 1 Corinthians. Pastor right. Mark gave the sermon this last Sunday, which, shout out, by the way, great, great message, super informative, really, really practical. And um, if you have not had a chance to hear that message, it's probably just in the episode right below this one, if you're looking at the podcast. It's also on our YouTube channel, and you can um, look at that. But did a great job just unpacking and talking through more about the gifts of tongues and prophecy, but also um, about women in ministry and and how God also empowers women to be used and to speak in the church as well. Um, just super, super good, super dynamite, and um, really, really enjoyed it. Um, but before we dig deep into talking more about tongues, I thought it'd be fun. Um, we're coming into Thanksgiving. Uh, we're about right. a week and yep. a half away, and you are known, Can't Mark, wait. I am. as the person who deep fries a turkey like oh, every yeah. single year. Oh, yeah. So if, I'm actually deep frying one this Wednesday, hopefully, oh, for our college yes, students. Yes, so, nice. Yeah. And so um, maybe people are thinking about, how should I do a turkey this year? Oh, yeah. And they want to try something new. It's 2020. Mm, I it's, mean, You might as well. Yeah. Throw, throw, mean, throw all, everything yeah. out and do something new. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't, doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. So what is your, like, ultimate... Is it uh, not really a marinade? It's a brine, right? Is that what you do? You brine the turkey kinda. or rub it? It's, or yeah, I'm more of a rub kinda. Uh-huh. So, are you wanting me to give you my rub ingredients? Well, well, that or maybe just like what's the secret to a right. really good deep fried turkey? Yeah, because it sounds well, like it's the best way to have a turkey. It is definitely the best way to have a turkey. There's mm-hmm. no doubt about that. Um, it's unquestionably the best way. Um, I can't give you my ingredients because then I'd have to kill you. Yes. So uh, we'll just leave that out there. But uh, because the recipe, you know, it's a secret family recipe. It's been passed down generation to generation. Uh, I think the the awesomeness of a turkey is the fried turkey. It just locks in all the juices. As soon as that turkey goes in the oil, the skin just gets hard Mm -hmm. right away and it just locks in all the juices. Um, It's really fun. Uh, even Bymart has like some of those, uh, like a Cajun um, mm-hmm. injector, injector, and and uh, different ones. Another actually really good injector is uh, just butter. No, <laughs> more butter. Pounds of, Pounds butter, of butter on just a oil fried some meat. <laughs> that's right. Injecting <laughs> some butter in there. But uh, the Cajun ones, awesome. So another great one is just injecting some teriyaki in it. Oh yeah, and that is really good too. Um, so any way you want to do that also just kind of like, uh, a light garlic and water, uh, any kind of injecting injection in it makes it really good. Uh, but there is something just totally awesome about a fried turkey. I remember (laughs) 
<laughs> every time, every time I do a yeah. fried turkey and nobody's had fried turkey. Yes. And they're just like, oh, like, what's the big deal? Yeah. As soon as they take their first bite, they're like, oh my gosh. Yeah. This is amazing. How come we've never done this before? I'm like, well. Yeah. You know. And it doesn't take that long. I mean, it takes a long time to heat the oil yep. up, it, but you're yeah. not cooking a turkey all day. No, but it actually, uh, it does depend on one thing. It does depend on the weather. Yeah. So I yeah. have fried turkeys when it is ridiculously cold on mm-hmm. Thanksgiving day and it takes a long time. Yeah. It takes a long time to get your oil up to 400 degrees. Mm-hmm. And then once your bird goes in, it just yes. drops and then you got to bring it back up. Yeah. And it's kind of harder, but it happened to us three years ago. Yeah. We were frying one at uh, my in-laws and it was cold and windy. Mm-hmm. It was like 10 degrees mm-hmm. out with wind chill. It was like yeah. zero or whatever. Yeah. We could not get the oil up hot enough. And yeah. so we ended up just bagging it. Yeah. And I think we just, it kind of cooked. And so we brought it inside and cooked the rest of it. And it still was really good, yeah. but it was just kind of like, oh, it's not So a secret I've learned for that on mm-hmm. windy days, because I had that problem too. And, uh, one, this, this was probably 10 years ago now, but I just took tin foil mm-hmm. and I wrapped it around the bottom of oh, my yeah. propane burner mm-hmm. and it kept the wind out. Mm-hmm. And it kept, cause what mine kept doing is it kept blowing the propane burner mm-hmm. out. Um, so I, that just kept it going mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, kept that heat yeah. going around it. Our little, our metal thing was just not heating up. Yeah. Like it was just not good. So, yeah. well, we're going to start a new podcast called, um, <laughs> yeah. cooking secrets with pastor Mark <laughs> and pastor Cooper. So you can uh, yeah. be ready to subscribe to that That's because right. we um, could maybe maybe we could call it anything fried. <laughs> yeah, yes. <laughs> and we're going to start off with sticks of butter and meat. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> That's what that's what we're gonna start off with. Yeah. Uh, um, well, I'm gonna do a hard transition. Sounds good. <laughs> from talking about right. fried meat, yeah. um, we're gonna talk about the Holy Spirit. And, awesome. Yeah. And well, he I wants guess to it, dunk us in oil too. That's true. That's right. true. He wants to overwhelm us with his presence. Yeah. Um, and and I, we we thought it would be good to maybe just even share our personal experiences mm-hmm. uh, in regards to the baptism of the Holy Spirit. That's what we're gonna yep. be focusing on um, during this podcast and. As a heads up, it might go a little long, um, but we might possibly even chop this into two separate episodes, depending yeah. on how long it goes. Sounds good. But there's a lot of stuff to talk through mm-hmm. and good stuff to talk Lots through. Lots of great stuff. Um, but I, I thought we yeah, should just share some of our stories. I'll just share mine um, yeah. briefly and then love to hear from you. Great. Um, so I, I grew up in a Pentecostal church um, as a kid, and the gifts of the Spirit were definitely prevalent. Um, most of the time on Sunday services, our Wednesday, our Wednesday night services, Bible studies, I felt like we lived at our church as a kid. Like we were there like every night and it was all good, really good experiences. And I remember multiple nights, um, my parents would take me up front or else in the back room when they would give an invitation for the gifts of tongues. I remember praying and hearing people and I always heard it vocalized. And so I would just kind of like mimic like what they were doing, like their sounds. Like I think that's what it is. And just kind Mm -hmm. of like copying their prayer language, so to speak. Yeah. But never like really like got it, I guess. Right. And then I'll never forget it. One, um, I think it was a Sunday service. My mom was like, "You're gonna go up and get prayed for," because there was some anxiety stuff I was dealing with. I was like seven or eight and different things. She's like, "You need to get prayed for," and I was like, "Okay." And I was all nervous and stuff. Yeah. But I remember it was just like this boom, like immediate, like outpouring. <clears throat> excuse me, of the Holy Spirit. I, I just fell back. Like wow. there was like nothing mm-hmm. I could do to prevent it. And I remember when I fell back, it felt like I fell into a bunch of pillows. And then it was just like this huge white light. 
and like this warmth just like overwhelmed me. Wow. And I remember just like bawling and just like crying as like this yeah. seven, eight year old. And then just like did not know what I was saying. Right. But just stuff was coming out of like of of like my of my mouth. But like in my heart I knew I was saying like how good God is and like mm-hmm. how faithful he is. And I was a seventh eight, you know, seven year old, eight year old like doing this and mm-hmm. and just I it felt like an instant, but my, my parents said I was on the ground for a while. I mean, not right. like an hour, but mm-hmm. you know, 15, 20 minutes. Right. But it felt like it was all just one moment. Yes. But it was just this overwhelming, um, I guess it was just the spirit overwhelming me as, as a young kid. And so from that moment, I've had this practice of, of, of a prayer language. And I would say there's seasons mm-hmm. where it's more prevalent um, in my life. Right. And then other yep. seasons where it's just not. And that's because, I wasn't maybe practicing it as much as I should right. and really like going into that. But um, I remember too, just real quick, like after that moment, my mom was like, hey, this is awesome. And she would like, you know, just encourage me in the gift of tongues. And and I, I still had some anxiety, pretty sure. intense as like, as I got closer into like fifth and sixth grade. And there was times I'd be going to school and I'd be thinking like, I'm going to die or I'm going to puke or it was just weird. Like I yeah. had some very overwhelming, almost debilitating things. And my mom would just say, start speaking in tongues. Yeah. Just start speaking in tongues yep. because the devil has no idea what you're praying. Cause you're talking to, to, to God. He's going to, you know, just fill you again with the peace. And so that was like a practice. Our, we only lived about two blocks away from elementary school that I'd walk to. And almost every morning I'd speak in tongues Wow. when I was 10 and 11 years old. Cause I was just freaking out. Yeah. <laughs> like, I was like, I'm going to die and yeah. this is bad things are going to happen. And bleh. right. But I would just start speaking in tongues. Like as soon as those thoughts would come. So, um, that was kind of my, my br- upbringing yeah. in that context. And it's definitely carried over into my mm-hmm. adult life as well. But, mm-hmm. um, it was, it was a very, very like significant moment, mm-hmm. um, within who I was as a kid and right. in my spiritual journey you yeah. know, for that and stuff. And, um, yeah, and it's it's carried over for sure into the ministry that I'm a part of, and yeah. and has really shaped the the theology. Obviously, because here at CFC and as a four square church, we believe in the Pentecostal theology, and yeah, and that's something that's like, yeah, the Bible mm-hmm. speaks of it. It's real. It's true. Yeah. <laughs> like we've experienced it, and so yeah, this is good stuff. Yeah. But, so yeah, it's a little bit of my story. Yeah. What I, what I like about your story is you had a moment where you had an experience mm-hmm. where this is what the Holy Spirit did. This is mm-hmm. a definite defining moment for me. Yeah. But you also had a moment where you learned that the that speaking in tongues is just part of your daily life with mm-hmm. Christ yeah. and part of your daily walk with the Holy mm-hmm. Spirit. And, and it was a way that the Holy Spirit was just protecting you, mm-hmm. maturing you helping you through, through a struggle in your life. Yep. And so, and that's exactly what it is. Yeah. Uh, yeah. My experience is uh, similar, but mm-hmm. also different. Mm-hmm. Um, I grew up in a very, very interesting experience. <laughs> I grew up in a Holy Spirit filled Episcopal church when I was younger. <laughs> and it was literally like one of only two or three in the country mm-hmm. where my the Episcopal priest, Father Gerard, had actually been baptized in the Holy Spirit wow. and spoke in tongues. Mm-hmm. So because he was from such a traditional church experience, mm-hmm. the Episcopal church, where they didn't believe in the gifts at all, um, he would talk about it often because he was mm-hmm. just so, it was so awesome to him, right? Yeah. Um, and so kind of grew up in that. And, and actually, interesting side note, um, 
we believe mm-hmm. <laughs> some people in in the Episcopal Church that did not like this persuasion actually tried to burn our church down twice. <laughs> uh, yeah, and it was interesting because... Not with fires of, from, from uh, heaven. Not from fires from heaven. <laughs> Literally, they were a different kind of fire, for yeah. sure. Wow. Uh, and it was interesting because the fire always started in his bookcase right in the books about the Holy Spirit. Wow. Like, they would literally find the fire right back to mm-hmm. that spot. Um, so they, were, they weren't they were hiding it. Mm-hmm. But our church was next door to the fire department, so our building never <laughs> burned down. <laughs> they always got to That's it right hilarious. away. So I grew up in that persuasion when I yeah. was young. That's actually, I came to know Jesus Christ mm-hmm. when I was four in that church. And, um, and so heard it talked about a lot. Mm-hmm. So, um, my mom had been baptized in the Holy Spirit and spoken tongues. And, and then as I got older, you know, into middle school, it began to be something that, um, mm-hmm. you know, I, I wanted and I would pray for and, um, just would never happen. Mm-hmm. And I, I would say kind of towards, um, high school, you know, like my sophomore year, I probably was at a point where maybe even a little bit frustrated, like, cause I was living, I was sold out for mm-hmm. Jesus living for the Lord, but kind of like, why, why, why does everybody else have this? And yeah. I don't, but I'm living for the Lord and some others aren't. And it just reaffirmed that it doesn't have anything to do with me or mm, the person. Yeah. It's just what God's doing yeah. and what the Holy Spirit's doing. Um, yeah. but for me, I was at camp. Uh, I was a junior in high school and, and I remember vividly that, um, the, it was in the evening service and we had sang some songs and then we had heard a great message from God's word. And then they just said, Hey, we just feel like this night's not done. Mm-hmm. So, um, the worship team's going to hang out and we're just going to play some songs. And if you want to stick around and sing to the Lord, you can. And I uh, will just, so you can, you're free to go or you're free to stay. And so I stayed mm-hmm. and, um, I wasn't at all thinking, you know, I want to be baptized in the Holy Spirit or I need somebody to pray mm-hmm. for that. I just wanted to stay and worship the Lord. I just love yeah. the Lord. I just want to stay and worship him. And I remember they kind of like started the first song and, um, and I started singing the first song. And then before you knew it, I was speaking in tongues. Wow. It was like the, the, and I just felt the Holy Spirit like all over me mm-hmm. and, um, just his presence was surrounding me and, um, it felt awesome. And I just began to speak in tongues and, um, and then before I knew it, I remember hearing a voice and it was the guy who was playing the guitar and, and, and he said, do you want me to continue? Mm-hmm. And I was like, that's weird. Why would you say that? And I had my eyes closed the whole time. And so I opened my eyes and it, it was at that point that I noticed <laughs> him and I are the only ones in the room. <laughs> The entire rest of the worship team was gone. Nobody else was in the room. It's literally me and him. And he says, do you want me to continue? And I'm like, how long have we been here? He goes, about an hour. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, and it felt like minutes yeah. to me. Yeah, totally. Um, and so <clears throat> it was just like, mm-hmm. you know, that's just what the Holy Spirit did. Yeah. And then from that moment, um, I spoke in tongues all the time mm-hmm. and still do. And for me, it's, it's not just like, like that was my experience. That was mm-hmm. my moment. Just like we all have a moment of salvation that we mm-hmm. remember. This was the day I said yes to Jesus and I committed my life to Christ. And I can give you the date and the time and, and the details surrounding that same thing. Um, but it's, it's just my relationship with the Holy Spirit now. Mm-hmm. It's not like yeah. this super like awe thing. It's just 
my relationship mm-hmm. with the Holy yeah. Spirit. It's just part That's of good. my relationship with the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Just like part of my relationship with Jesus Christ mm-hmm. is all of the blessings of salvation in Christ. Yeah. And and the blessing of God's word and obeying it and mm-hmm. living out its promises. So yeah, um, that's good. Yeah, it's really good. So so we both yeah. have a really cool experience. Yeah, yeah, and are still walking that experience out yeah. because it's part of our daily walk. For sure, for sure. And that kind of leads me into um, like a, like an opening question um, for our time. And maybe people are listening to this, or and we've been approached a lot throughout our ministry yeah. of people who have grown up in the church have maybe never heard about this, about right. speaking in tongues, yeah. have been on mission for Jesus, have been, you know, serving him, like evangelizing, like really living out like the Great Commission, discipling people. They might be like, wait, like, well, why why do I need to speak in tongues? Like right. I'm on mission, I'm already living for Jesus. Like why why should I pursue this? Right. And so we just kind of shared our stories and you know, it, it happened when we were younger, let's say. Um, you were high school, I was in elementary, and so it's been kind of a part of our life. There's people who come to know who Jesus is later in life, or they mm-hmm. just find find out about the Holy Spirit in this particular way when it comes to the gift of tongues. And they're like, wait, I, I wh- what is this all about? You know? Right. And yeah. so they're like, well, I've been living for Jesus, so so why why do I need to speak in tongues if right. I'm already living for Jesus and serving Him? And so maybe want to give a little bit of pastoral insight to that question. Yeah. But before yeah. we start really getting even deeper, deeper into some of the theology of speaking sure. in tongues. Yeah. Um, well, I would say a couple reasons. Um, you'll remember when um, the disciples in Acts, gosh, I want to say it's seven or eight, maybe it's 10, um, went and they had the the people who had come to know, know Christ had only mm-hmm. been baptized in water. Right. And, right. and the disciples said, well, you need to get baptized in the Holy spirit. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that's a good place to start. Like they didn't say, Oh, okay. You've been baptized in water and you're mm-hmm. following God's word. You're good. Mm-hmm. You're good. You don't need yeah. anything else. Um, no, they said you also need the Holy spirit. Mm-hmm. And I think that that idea and that mentality, and it was probably their theology mm-hmm. at this point, right? Their theology was, Christ led mm-hmm. in John chapter 14, Jesus talks all about the Holy spirit to the disciples. Now mm-hmm. they don't understand it at the time because they're like, Jesus is talking about leaving them right. and dying on a cross <laughs> and the Holy spirit's going to come and I'm going to ask the father to send you the Holy spirit and he's going to be the spirit of truth and he's going to help you and blah, blah, blah. And they're probably just mm-hmm. like totally spinning. Yeah. Um, and then also after Jesus has died and come back to life, it's interesting in Acts chapter one, Jesus gives this this command in a, in verse four. I'm just going to read it because it's it's important that mm-hmm. the word command is here. On one occasion, while he was eating with them, and then this phrase, he gave them this command. This is not a suggestion. It's not mm-hmm. any. It's a command, right? And here's his command: Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my Father promised, which you have heard me speak about. Referring probably back to like mm-hmm. John fourteen. Yeah. Uh, for John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Now, here's something interesting. I find this astounding. If there was anybody more ready mm-hmm. to serve Jesus on mission, to take the gospel to the ends of the earth, it's the people that have been hanging around with him totally. for three years. Yeah. They've watched him do miracle after oh, yeah. miracle, love on people in the most profound mm-hmm. ways die on the cross, rise again. Now they're sitting with him, talking with him, and he's risen from the dead. 
you would think these people are more ready than anybody on the planet yeah. to do what God wants They're them trained. to do. They're trained. Yeah. They're ready to go. And Jesus says, you're not ready yet. Mm-hmm. There's one more thing you need. Mm-hmm. And that one more thing you need is the baptism in the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. And so uh, I think that's why we see in Acts yeah. um, the disciples saying, this is what we need. Because uh, as mm-hmm. as Jesus goes on, verse 8, you know, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem mm-hmm. and all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. So yeah. there's a real um, pointed message here that Jesus mm-hmm. gives and that the disciples begin to follow out. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is that we all need the Holy Spirit. Yeah. It's, it's exactly yeah. what we need for this day. And, and I think, man, in the days in which we live today, mm-hmm. we really need the Holy Spirit too. Yeah. Yeah. So, so what does that then kind of practically look like? And even this last week, we had a member of our church come and ask about yep. it and ask mm-hmm. for prayer to receive yeah. um, the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Like, what does that look like for somebody who's like, huh, like, I don't, I don't know if I've ever <clears throat> intently pursued this before in my life. And right. um, so what, what does that look like to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit? Right. Well, um, similar to our experience, mm-hmm. we believe it's going to be a moment um, where you are filled to the mm-hmm. fullness of the Spirit and that you are having a moment mm-hmm. in the presence of the Holy Spirit that is like none other like you've ever had. Let me equate it a little bit to water baptism. Mm-hmm. So in water baptism, we this is our theological stance. We believe in water baptism by immersion, mm-hmm. not by sprinkling. So we believe we dunk your entire yeah. body under the yeah. water, right? So you are completely immersed in water. Mm-hmm. And that act represents the, you know, that here's who you were. You, you were living in your sin before Christ and, Mm -hmm. but you want to walk in Christ's salvation and Mm -hmm. in his forgiveness and in the restoration that he has for your life. And you're going to get dunked in water. And when you come out, you're a new creation in Christ. Mm -hmm. You're, uh, you are a new person. You're completely, it reminds us of our forgiveness of Mm -hmm. our salvation and of the, the things that God, but you're immersed in water. And there's a moment here, and by the way, we we also go through the waters of baptism because it's a command, mm-hmm. right? We do it because it's a command. Uh, in fact, there might be some of you out here listening right now, and you're saying, well, I haven't been baptized in water. I want to encourage you. You need to get baptized in water, too, mm-hmm. um, which, by the way, uh, we... In scripture, sometimes you got baptized in the Holy Spirit before you got baptized in water, mm-hmm. and vice versa. There's no formula yeah, there. Right. Um, and so... What we believe is that 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 moment of the baptism of the Holy Spirit is when the Holy Spirit immerses you in his presence. Mm -hmm. So that's what we're going to pray. We're just going to pray for you. We're going to pray for you to be immersed in the Holy Spirit's presence. Mm -hmm. And in in that context where we are immersed in the Holy Spirit's presence, we believe anything can happen. Mm -hmm. But one of the things that can happen is the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And you might speak in tongues. You might prophesy. Mm -hmm. You might get the gift of evangelism. You might be on fire with your spiritual gift. Mm -hmm. You might want to stand up and go take the gospel to another place on the planet. I mean, literally anything could happen in that moment. Um, So we're not necessarily like hard, fast, like it's only going to be speaking in tongues. It could be whatever the Holy Spirit wants to do. But it's going to be the presence of the Holy Spirit completely immersing you yeah. and doing something different in you that's that's yeah. never been done before. Yeah, I was, I'm always reminded of like in 
the Acts encounter in Acts chapter two, mm-hmm. like Peter was filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke with boldness. Yes, you know, yeah. um, and that's just a clear cut sign that yeah, the Lord baptized you know right. him. Yeah, and he spoke with boldness. Right, and a guy that was denying Christ to a little girl. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Ten days yeah. Earlier. <laughs> I mean, yeah, talk, yeah, talk, talk about a confidence check. <laughs> yeah, I sh- I'm not the one to give the message because you know I, <laughs> I, you know I, I denied him. Yeah. No, like the Holy Spirit was like, no, you're gonna go yep. up there and you're gonna see 3,000 people get yeah. saved and right. stuff. Um, so actually that kind of leads into um, another little bit of a tie-in question. So how does what we talk about in chapter 14 with speaking in tongues um, relate to the Pentecost experience in Acts 1 and 2 and and just yeah. that moment when you're talking about, like Jesus says, hey, wait for mm-hmm. the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. And then the Spirit comes in a right. real, real powerful way. And yeah. then this whole... Uh, just big experience happens within their context and they start coming out and speaking in tongues and people are like, you're all drunk and right, you know, yeah. they're kind of like a little confused, but also like, Whoa, they're speaking my language and right. stuff. So, so how does, how does that relate to what we are talking about in chapter 14 with what we also read about from the historical account, of what right. happens in, in acts two? Right. That's a great question. So I think we would say what we're looking at in 1 Corinthians chapter 14 is they're living out that Pentecostal experience. Mm-hmm. Now, <laughs> as we know in 1 Corinthians yeah. 14, um, Paul's bringing some direction to how yeah. it's gotten yeah. out of order. Mm-hmm. It's gotten out of order. It's chaotic. It's confusing now. They're actually using the gifts in inappropriate ways, mm-hmm. and it's not pointing to Jesus at all. It's pointing mm-hmm. to their own selfishness. Yeah. So they're prophesying and speaking in tongues and interpreting and and whatever else they might have been doing, and it, it wasn't good at all. So Paul gives direction to that. And by the way, I, I took a good amount of time to talk about that in my message yesterday. Right. So if you want to refer mm-hmm. to that, you could go to that. But let me just try to answer the question. So we would say, yes, that's what the Corinthian church was doing. They had mm-hmm. probably all been baptized in the Holy Spirit. They Most of them were speaking in tongues. Some of them were prophesying. And they were living out that Pentecostal experience. Mm-hmm. But they did obviously need some direction to bring mm-hmm. to it. Now, what is that? What What's the Pentecostal experience, mm-hmm. right? Well, it's what we believe about the church starting in Acts chapter two, and it happened on the day of Pentecost. Right. So that's why we call it the Pentecostal experience, because mm-hmm. it happened on the day of Pentecost. In Acts chapter two, it says, uh, when the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly, a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Mm -hmm. Now, here's what's interesting. And to bring a little context to this, I think if we bring a little context to it, it makes even more sense. So these are all Jewish brothers and sisters. We're assuming there was somewhere in the realm of maybe a hundred people in this upper room mm-hmm. experiencing this moment, um, which by the way, had whittled down from about 500 that were right. with Jesus at his ascension. Mm-hmm. So 400 have said, ah, you guys pray too much. Uh, I'm out. <laughs> um, and, but here's a hundred that are saying, Nope, we're going to press in. Mm-hmm. We're going to press yeah. into what God has for us. We're going to pray and we're going to press in and we're mm-hmm. going to wait patiently like what God, what Jesus told us to do. Yeah. And this happens, this moment happens, but here's what's crazy. As a Jewish, a boy or girl, right? 
you would have remembered the stories that you would have learned in synagogue Mm -hmm. about what God did during the Exodus. Mm -hmm. And what God did during the Exodus was profound. It's like one of their greatest, you know, historical stories Mm -hmm. as a people of God. And we remember in those moments that God came in his presence as a pillar of fire. Right, right. And his presence lived among the people the entire time in the desert for literally 40 years. Mm -hmm. And the fire did all kinds of things, Mm -hmm. right? The fire protected them from the Egyptians when they needed Mm -hmm. to get into the Red Sea before the army could destroy them. The fire came and was there in between them, keeping the area from them, mm-hmm. the, the, the army from them. So they, they knew the, the pillar of fire as, as God's presence that protected them mm-hmm. as God's presence that provided for them daily mm-hmm. as God's presence that they could go to at the temple mm-hmm. at any time they wanted and talk to God and mm-hmm. speak to God, make a sacrifice for their sin to God. This was a regularly understood um, thing about God that the pillar of fire would have represented the presence of God right here in mm-hmm. our midst. And here's what happens. Tongues of fire separate and come to rest on them. Yeah. There is no doubt in my mind that they all would have immediately understood mm-hmm. God's presence is right here. Yeah. Right now, right on me. Mm-hmm. And then the Holy spirit fills them mm-hmm. and they begin to speak in tongues. Yeah. And what a great moment for them. Yeah. And we, we obviously don't see those physical tongues of fire anymore. Mm-hmm. I think this was, you know, kind of one of those moments where, okay, w- yeah. w- God's launching the church, right? Yeah. So yeah. God's launching the gospel of Jesus Christ. And there's a definite beginning mm-hmm. moment where God does something spectacular mm-hmm. to, to launch yeah. the church and to launch them. Uh, so that's kind of like the Pentecostal experience yeah. Yeah. That, that the presence of the Holy Spirit is going to be there. He's going to fill you. And, and you're going to speak in tongues mm-hmm. as the spirit enables you. Yeah. Um, and, and that's, what's going to be interesting uh, even today. So the, we believe that that Pentecostal experience still exists today Totally. because, yep. Oh, excuse me. We <laughs> believe like what Hebrews 13, eight says that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today and forever mm-hmm. that, that he's doing the same thing today that he did back then. Yeah. And so within that context, right. um, they spoke in languages, that were at least known because at that time, yep. Jews were all coming back for the, the um, for Passover, and they're from different regions, right? Like they spoke some different dialects and different languages, right. and so when they spoke, they were speaking languages that like they didn't know personally, but like other people from Timbuktu, yeah. like knew. They're like, wait, they just they just spoke my natural dialect, and they're telling right. me about the whole gospel story of like Jesus dying for us and rising again yeah, and stuff like that. And so we have that happening. And then in chapter 14 that we're unpacking as, as a church, right. Paul is talking about speaking in tongues in the way that's like, you don't know what's being spoken. Cause it's like this right. heavenly language yeah. um, that's just between you and God. And so what's, what's some of the, like the differences the difference, yeah. that we see in the account of acts where when they speak in tongues they don't know what they're speaking, but it's an actual language that somebody understands, right? And they can hear from it. But then, like in chapter fourteen, with that, the church, who was like, like you said earlier, misusing some of the, like those gifts, but they were speaking in a language that was like not known um, by any means, unless there right. was an actual interpretation. But it wasn't like 
I was speaking in German all of a sudden, and right. I don't know German. And somebody else in the know. room could understand yeah. me. Yeah, yes. and maybe five other people. Like, hey, yes. we all speak German yeah. and stuff. So what, what's kind of that like? Uh, mm-hmm. I guess, yeah, just maybe expand on yeah. that a little bit. So I think another great one there is the verse 4 that we just looked at <laughs> that said all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit mm-hmm. and began to speak in other tongues, and then this phrase, as the Spirit enabled them. Mm-hmm. So what we need to remember is this is what the Holy Spirit's doing. Yeah, It's what the Spirit is doing in me. Mm-hmm. And I'm submitting to that. I'm surrendering to that. And I'm saying, yes, Lord, I'm open to whatever you have for me. And the Spirit's going to enable something. Now, in this moment in Acts chapter 2, it's clear that the Holy Spirit wanted to do something specific. And mm-hmm. that was he wanted to, to launch the church by a amazing moment of evangelism where about 3000 people get saved as this spills out into the street. Peter gives this incredible message, but it all starts by these thousands of people that are in town because of Pentecost, Mm -hmm. because of this celebration that are from all different parts of the world. Mm -hmm. And they're hearing the gospel in their own language. And so they assume what's going on here. How, how am I hearing this in my own language? I know those people don't know my language. They're Mm -hmm. Galileans. Which, by the way, the point there is they're not very bright people. Mm-hmm. Um, there's no way a Galilean could know my language mm-hmm. because they're not bright. They're right. not educated. They're not people that know other they're languages. They're not educated down That's there they're the not, Galilean they're, people. <laughs> if we were to say it today, we would say, them are rednecks. Right. How, how can that redneck know my language, right? Yeah. Because um, I'm from the Northeast. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> I live right. in Massachusetts. Yes, that's right. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so they're not understanding that. And so what we see here is the spirit is doing something specific mm-hmm. to launch the church. Um, and so there's that specific moment where all these people get saved because they're hearing the gospel in their language. And then Peter goes and explains it and says, this is what God's doing. He's pouring out his spirit on all people, sons mm-hmm. and daughters are going to prophesy. Young men are going to see visions. Old men are going to dream dreams. Your servants are going to have the spirit poured out on them. Mm-hmm. So this is, Peter basically says, this is what God's doing. And yeah. 3,000 people say, count me in. That yeah. sounds awesome. Right? Yeah. So I would say in when, when people spoke in an earthly language right here, it was what the Holy Spirit was enabling them to do because he was doing something specific with evangelism and launching. Mm-hmm. Which, by the way, let me give you just a really quick story. Mm-hmm. Um, one of my really good friends and um, is was my, was my Bible college uh, president, and he was a missionary in Panama for a long time. And he told me a story about how uh, some, they sent some missionaries up the Amazon and they got captured by headhunters. Long story short, the headhunters were about to eat them. They were like on their moment of death. <laughs> and I'm not kidding. This would have been crazy. They're on their moment of death, and they just started speaking in tongues. Wow. Little did they know, one of the guy's language was the language of the tribe. Wow. His spiritual language was the language of the tribe. Mm-hmm. What the Spirit enabled him to do was to share the gospel with the mm-hmm. entire tribe right in that moment where they're about to be beheaded and eaten instead he begins to proclaim the gospel as his spiritual language is their language and the entire tribe gets saved wow i mean you know so that was what the spirit was doing yeah um so that can happen yeah um but then when we get to acts or to first corinthians chapter 14 Mm -hmm. the spirit is enabling in a different way Mm -hmm. now we see what paul talks about as heavenly languages Mm -hmm. where it's like a spiritual language it's not an earthly language 
It's a spiritual language. But I think the the biggest thing is it's, I don't understand it. it it's not understandable to me. Mm-hmm. He calls it unintelligible. Mm-hmm. So it to my to my brain mm-hmm. and to my earthly mind, yeah. I don't understand what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, but in my spirit, I know exactly. Right. I don't know yep. the words I'm saying, but I know what's happening. Yeah. What's happening, yep. there, there's something spiritual happening between mm-hmm. me and the Lord. Mm-hmm. And that's really, that's yep. really important. And that's yeah. really special. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. That's good. Um, what I think we're going to do is just bookend mm-hmm. right now on this. We're at a good stopping point. Okay. Um, so for those who are, who are listening, we're going to just kind of pause and we're going to, we're going to continue Mark and I talking right now, but it's going to be, um, either in another episode, like just right after it, or it might just have a pause and you can just say, Hey, I, I did my commute. I'm going to push pause and I'll just finish it up later. But we're just going to kind of pause this. So if you wanted a chance to kind of be like, Hey, I've listened for a good 35 minutes. I'm good now. Sweet. And we're going to continue on for maybe another 35 minutes. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah. <laughs> Who knows on yeah. this. So we're just going to take a quick pause and then we're going to reconvene. All right, we are back with the continuation of um, our talk on the uh, speaking in tongues and just unpacking the theology with that. And in the first episode or the part one, I guess, so to speak, uh, we shared a little bit more of our personal experiences with it and some of the practical parts of speaking in tongues and like how really even somebody, like why somebody should um, encourage, be encouraged to do this. And we even kind of talked about how a person can receive the baptism of, of the Holy Spirit. And just even sharing our stories might give mm-hmm. some encouragement towards that um, and what we believe and just the importance of it. And then we also talked a little bit about just the context of Acts and when the Holy Spirit came down upon the church and really mm-hmm. the church started from that moment yeah. um, with the power of the Holy Spirit. And so I want to kind of now just transition to what we're kind of focusing on a little bit more in our study of first Corinthians chapter 14. And I want to just kind of go to a section of scripture that kind of trips me up a lot and just kind of sometimes like, wait, what, what's Paul like saying here? Cause it seems like he's not like settling on, on what it is. And it's in, um, chapter 14, obviously, but verses 22, 23, 24, and even 25. And so I'm going to read it here in the NIV. And this is Paul saying, um, tongues then are a sign not for believers, but for unbelievers. Prophecy, however, is not for unbelievers, but for believers. And verse 23 seems to take a little bit of a turn. So if the whole church comes together and everyone speaks in tongues and inquirers or unbelievers come in, will they not say that you are out of your mind? It's like, wait, I thought you just said it was for unbelievers. (laughs) Then in verse 24, but if an unbeliever or an inquirer comes in while everyone is prophesying, they are convicted of sin and are brought under judgment by all as the secrets of their hearts are laid bare. So they will fall down and worship God, exclaiming, God is really among you. So my kind of theological question is verse 22. Right. <laughs> like he's kind of, he's saying tongues and are assigned not for believers, but for unbelievers. But then the next verse, he's like, if you have a bunch of unbelievers coming and they just see you all speaking in tongues, they're going to be like, you're out of your mind. Yeah. You know, so what, so how do we navigate mm-hmm. those scriptures when it comes to um, tongues and yeah. within the, the context of a church? Right. That's good. Uh, I'm going to go up just a one verse mm-hmm. real quick yeah, uh, yeah. It, where um, 
or even to Paul says in verse 20, brothers and sisters, stop thinking like children in regard to evil, be infants, but in your thinking, be adults Mm -hmm. in the law. It is written with other tongues and through the lips of foreigners, I will speak to this people, but even then they will not listen to me says Mm -hmm. the Lord. Mm -hmm. So the context of this verse is here's an unbeliever Mm -hmm. who will still not listen to the Lord. Yeah. Right. So then 22 launches in with the tongues then, are a sign not for believers, but for unbelievers. What kind of sign? Well, actually, it'd be helpful if the, if there was a word there, a negative sign. Mm-hmm. So tongues then can be a negative sign for an unbeliever mm. because it causes confusion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and he points that out in verse 23, that if you're all standing up speaking in tongues in mm-hmm. your service and, and an inquirer or an unbeliever comes in and they're wondering about Jesus, mm-hmm. they've had this friend, who they find out is a Christian and mm-hmm. they love their life and they're like, how can I learn more? So you bring them to church and they come and everybody's speaking in tongues. They don't understand a thing. They can't understand anything because people are speaking in languages mm-hmm. that are either heavenly or earthly, whichever they don't understand. What are they going to say? You're out of your mind. Mm-hmm. What, what kind of craziness is this? I don't want to be a part of this craziness. Yeah. So Paul encourages them. We shouldn't be doing that in the church. Mm-hmm. We shouldn't be speaking in tongues out loud like that because there are people in our midst that we need to focus on. And the focus needs to be that those people need Jesus. Now, here's what particularly is interesting. That's why prophecy is important, Mm -hmm. right? Here, the highlight is prophecy. Mm -hmm. And that's why I believe we we still need this for today. Mm -hmm. Because if you've ever had a moment where you've had somebody who spoke a word of prophecy over you and it literally felt like they were reading your mail. Mm-hmm. You're like, whoa, yeah, God's talking to me mm-hmm. right now. Yeah. And so um, when that happens, inquirers and unbelievers will say, wow, God's here. Mm-hmm. I want this. You know, I, I want a relationship with Jesus. Mm-hmm. And so um, I want a God who's speaking to me personally because in Corinth, they're used to what? They're used to all these mythological gods of the Romans and the Greeks who do not talk. Right. They don't talk. Right. Like they're, it, they're like not even, about in chapter right. 12. Yes. They're not even gods at yeah. all. They are all false gods. Yeah. So they don't ever hear from those gods. Mm-hmm. They show up at, at a service and they hear a prophetic word and they're going to hear God speak to them. They're mm-hmm. going to be like, wow. This is this is true. This, this is, is true. Yeah. Exactly. The yeah. God of the universe is talking to me. Mm-hmm. This is awesome. My other gods don't talk to me. I want a God that talks to me. Mm-hmm. This is profound. Yeah. Whatever I got to do to be in relationship with this God that talks to me, I want that, you know? Yeah. And so I think that that's what, what's happening here. And what Paul is saying is that tongues can confuse that mm-hmm. at times. Yeah. If we're not, tongues could be the sign that confuses that yeah. if we don't use it properly and we yeah. don't use it with an interpretation. Yeah. Uh, tongues and an interpretation can be like prophecy, mm-hmm. but tongues by itself, all of us just speaking out loud in tongues mm-hmm. just brings confusion. So yeah. Paul asks us in this point to, to, um, to not yeah. do that in our large group meetings. Yeah. So that leads into our context at Cheney Faith Center. And like we've been saying 
you know, multiple times, not only in this podcast, but ever, uh, previous ones, like we believe in the full giftings right. of the Holy Spirit. and We encourage that. But if people are listening to this and they've been coming to our church for a while or they've mm-hmm. visited or whatever, they would notice like, well, yeah, like, but I don't see that happening like on a Sunday service. Right. Um, so maybe just it kind of gives, I guess, our our thoughts behind and the theology behind like what Paul's saying for how we allow the gifts of the spirit to happen um, within our church body right. and like where that, where that's best used for how we conduct our services and, mm-hmm. and all those things mm-hmm. um, for this. So I guess just give the practicality of what Paul's saying here in chapter 14 right. for yeah. our church. Well, I think we, we believe in the Pentecostal experience. Mm-hmm. We would love to see the Pentecostal experience happen mm-hmm. in our churches um, it's something we've been praying about and something we've mm-hmm. been seeking. Sometimes we we see a moment like that in a service, and mm-hmm. sometimes we don't. Um, and so, uh, you know, occasionally we will have someone that comes and gives us a prophetic word or yeah. a word of encouragement or something like that, and we'll share it. Um, and so that's pretty simple. We just ask that person to write it down and bring it to one of the pastoral staff, and they... Um, read it and uh, confirm that it's something mm-hmm. the Lord would say, that it's congruent to the word of God. Mm-hmm. And then we'll find a moment to share that. Mm-hmm. Or sometimes maybe it's not that moment. We, we share it at another time mm-hmm. um, where the Holy Spirit says, Hey, share that word now, mm-hmm. uh, which has happened before. There have been times where yeah. I've left, you know, put that word in a file in my office. And even during a service gone, the Holy Spirit said, go grab that out of the file. It's for right now. Mm. Okay. Yeah. Run to yeah. my office, grab it out of the file and, and read it now. Mm-hmm. Um, so that can happen too. But I think, I think, um, you know, if somebody did speak in tongues out loud, we'd want to encourage an interpretation. Mm-hmm. Um, and if somebody um, wanted to prophesy, we would, I think our biggest thing is, I, I, as a pastoral staff, we want to have a good relationship with that person. Mm-hmm. I want to know that that person is a biblical person, mm-hmm. is um, not a stranger to us, uh, that's walking with Christ. Mm-hmm. They're not someone that's just looking for the opportunity to say, hey, everybody, look at me. Right. They're looking for the opportunity to glorify Jesus, mm-hmm. to give a word of encouragement, uh, or to give a challenging word mm-hmm. um, that, that they're their heart is to edify the church, mm-hmm. not destroy the church. Uh, their heart is, is, and, and sometimes their heart is to speak maybe specifically to one person in the room. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's, there's sometimes yeah. where it's going to be, Hey, uh, you, the guy over there in the flannel shirt sitting, you know, four rows up on the mm-hmm. left. Yeah. You, uh, God's got a word for you today mm-hmm. and, uh, yeah. they might speak it out. Yeah. Um, so that would be, that would be awesome. And, things that we're encouraging. Mm -hmm. I think when it comes to like things like baptism in the Holy spirit, uh, we're hoping, Hey, if the Holy spirit wants to do that right while we're singing songs, we can, that can Mm -hmm. happen. It can happen at any time. Maybe we're praying for it after Mm -hmm. service with some prayer people, um, whatever we're, we're going to believe for those things. We're going to desire those things. And, um, that's part of what our, we believe is our Pentecostal experience at the same time we want to make sure we do things in a, in an orderly way. Uh, mm-hmm. like Paul says in first mm-hmm. Corinthians 14, because we don't want to be a distraction from what Jesus allowing Jesus salvation, uh, the cross and the resurrection to be exalted and seen. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we do understand that in the context of the United States, 
uh, and in our cultural experience, mm-hmm. that we might handle that a little bit differently mm-hmm. than we would say in some place that's very spiritual, like Jamaica. Mm-hmm. If we were missionaries in Jamaica, that yeah. the, the nation is already a very spiritual nation already. Mm-hmm. Everybody believes in the spiritual realm. Yeah. Um, and we might be able to do a lot more mm-hmm. and be a lot more open to those things because mm-hmm. even an unbeliever coming in the room would be like, yeah, I totally mm-hmm. believe in good and bad spiritual things. Yeah. So the context is already like there. Yeah. But in America, it's not. The, yeah. the average American person who does not know Christ does not believe in anything mm-hmm. spiritual. Uh, yeah. it's, in fact, I think it's one of the things the enemy has done to mm-hmm. our culture. Yeah. We just believe in science. We don't believe in anything spiritual, don't believe in anything physical. And so talk to me about anything spiritual and I'll think you're a crazy person. Mm-hmm. Um, what a great way to just right away dismiss God from a conversation. Mm-hmm. So um, we want to be wise about that. Uh, Mm -hmm. But we also want to be people that believe in the Pentecostal experience and Mm -hmm. want that for our lives today. Yeah, And I think we mentioned this a few episodes ago, um, talking about chapter 12. Mm -hmm. But, you know, as a church, we haven't, again, with COVID, done as much of this as we usually do. But having, like, uh, that worship night or Holy Spirit night, um, just, like, something that specifically says, hey, yeah. this is an environment where we're going to really express our giftings mm-hmm. because we we understand that the people coming are, are already operating in that and already have a foundation of being a follower of Jesus. And they're not maybe on that, like, what's this whole Jesus thing about? Um, they're really there to just enter in into God's presence. And so... Yeah. And then we've seen the outpouring of, of those giftings yeah. during that time a lot yeah. more. And I think what's been really like encouraging to um, just being a pastor here is like there's individuals who have a strong gifting within the spirit and, and they've asked us like, hey, like I have this gift. When and where should I use this? And it's been really encouraging to see that, you yeah. know, um, mm-hmm. with, with the individuals that really um, have... I guess in uh, an infinity towards that and mm-hmm. the gifting. I mean, more than just the infinity, like literally the Lord's gifted them in yeah, that. Yeah, right. But they've also been really like submissive to just like the theology of even what Paul mm-hmm. is saying of like, mm-hmm. hey, where where can this be used? And right. I'll just check in with you guys as my leadership and stuff. And that's been really encouraging um, yeah. to see that too. You know, um, within this. But um, kind of going back to what you were saying earlier, and I wrote notes um, from Sunday sermon too on this. I was like, oh, I'd never thought about this. When you said, like, our U.S. culture is really about speaking English. This kind of goes into the topic yes. of tongues. Yes. And I think as a culture, everything has to be in English. Yep. Where, and, you, and you brought up the point that in other cultures, you just briefly mentioned, like, Jamaica, but you can go anywhere. And yeah. I, when I went to Africa, same experience. There That's was four languages, yeah. four languages that they yeah. all spoke. Like, yeah. every kid, every person, it was... Um, I, French, Sierra, their village dialect, and then also uh, Swahili. Probably, I think Swahili yeah. was the other one because that's kind of a generalized yeah. mm-hmm. African um, uh, language. And mm-hmm. so languages are just like very easily like yeah, speak yeah. a language, you know, multiple during, like, languages. Yes, yeah. where in the U.S. it's very like almost like uh, like nervousness <laughs> yeah. when you hear that's... another language. You're like wait, 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 what? That wasn't yeah. English. I have yeah. no idea what's being said. Yeah, and you kind of freak out. And and I thought that was such a great just like perspective mm-hmm. on just the culture within the church. And I think you and I would say that's not a good culture no. for the, for the church mm-hmm. um, to do, but it's just, yeah. it's the reality yes. of where we're at and something that obviously 
is not great in yeah. not saying again that our church is perfect in that because right. <laughs> we we're live not. in Cheney, Washington. Yes, <laughs> you know? that's right. Like we're not really like, oh yeah, we all languages and yeah. stuff, you know. We just, just in our context in Cheney, Washington, like right. English is the thing. Um, but I thought that was such a good um, perspective um, in that yeah. of just we just really care about <laughs> like yes. English, you know. Yeah. And I guess I guess I don't know if I, I should use the word we only care about English, but like that's just the reality. And and God's like, mm-hmm. I'm not just in the U.S., y'all. Right. Like, and I think <laughs> what's cool, what's interesting is we're not a multiracial or multilingual community mm-hmm. in Cheney, right? Now other places in the United States are, mm-hmm. you know, if you go to a large city, LA or New York or mm-hmm. Chicago or whatever, you're going to, you might end up with multi-races yeah. in your culture. And those people from those other races might be used to that mm-hmm. multiple languages, right? Yeah. Which is great. But I think there is, there is an antagonism mm-hmm. in our country. At least I would say for those that have been here for a couple generations, mm-hmm. there is an antagonism towards, Hey, speak English. You know, this, this is where we live. This is who we are. Mm-hmm. Um, we all moved here and we all had a different language and we all learned English, right? So there's a little bit of an antagonism mm-hmm. and almost like a patriotism too, mm-hmm. like that's interesting. But here's where I think that, that that is a little bit challenging because that's more of an American mindset than a biblical mindset. Biblically, God created all these languages. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's a godly thing. In the Tower of Babel, in the book of Genesis, God created all the languages we see on the earth today. So they're all, they're all created by God. Um, and they're all beautiful. They're all wonderful. And by the way, the gospel needs to go to every language mm-hmm. that we see that multiple times in scripture, every tribe, every language, every tongue. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, and we see that in heaven mm-hmm. when the angels are, around the throne and we're all around the throne and there's a representation of every language, tongue and tribe, right? Every single one. And what that is saying is God saying every single person on the planet is special. Mm -hmm. Every single person is worthy of the gospel. And so when we say, you know what? Your language sucks. Mm -hmm. What we're kind of saying to that person is that part of you that is kind of like what God created and who God is in mm-hmm. you, we think that stinks. Yeah. Um, yeah. Th- that's a little bit inappropriate. Yeah. Now, that doesn't mean that we shouldn't have one language in our country that helps us do business and live and right. all that. Like, right. like it, 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 totally. there's something very practical mm-hmm. about, hey, we do need to all speak one language, and that's very helpful um, to, um, to just live life. Mm-hmm. But it's also a biblical mindset to understand that all of these languages will be represented mm-hmm. and that all, all of the people on the planet have a language that is beautiful. Yeah. Um, I, I was just listening to a song the other day, a worship song and the gal singing was going back and forth between English and Spanish mm-hmm. and it was profound. Yeah. I mean, my spirit inside me when she was singing in Spanish, I had no idea what she was singing mm-hmm. except that I knew the song. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, it, there was such a moment in my spirit where like, gosh, this is so good mm, that, yeah. you know, that this is being spoken to the Lord in this language. And so, um, there's, there's something about that, mm-hmm. like that, that's really, 
yeah. it's really appropriate. Yeah. Not to mention the fact that God's word isn't even in English originally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's in Hebrew and Greek. So, yeah. I mean, if yeah. we were going to, if we were going to be super biblical people, maybe we would say, oh, we all got to start speaking Hebrew and Greek. Right. Um, but we don't. Like, we Should keep, we speak we in a- Old King James? <laughs> Thou with hassest. Yeah. Yeah. That's the original. Bequeatheth. Right? Yes. Unto it. Oh my gosh. <laughs> but I think that it's, it's just something that maybe just could use a good shift for mm-hmm. us mentally. Yeah. And, yeah. um, and also, I mean, even here in Cheney, I think it's interesting. We do have some multiracial experiences with students from Eastern, mm-hmm. you know, there's students that are from the Middle East. There's mm-hmm. students that are from, um, China and Japan mm-hmm. and Asian countries. There's other students that are from around the world. Mm-hmm. And if we want those people to be saved, then we've got to think that their language mm-hmm. is important. Yeah. And that communicating the gospel in their language is important. Mm-hmm. And so that means I'm going to have to break out of my mindset that English is the only language that the entire world right. should speak right. and say, no, I need to meet that person where they're mm-hmm. at. And how can I share the gospel with mm-hmm. them in their language so yeah. that they're thinking I'm important too. Mm-hmm. God thinks I'm important because I don't have to learn their language. Yeah. They'll come to mine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's good. Well, I think I want to end on a couple of like quick fire questions. Cool. Yeah. They're just ones that I've been thinking of as we're talking. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> so, but I think Rando. you'll, yeah, but I think you'll, um, okay. you'll definitely we'll be speak fine. well on them. Okay, yeah. great. Um, and the first question is, uh, is the gift of tongues for everyone? Yeah, good question. Um, I, I don't think it has to be for everyone. I think the the Spirit will give, as we mentioned earlier, right. this is what the Holy Spirit's doing. Mm-hmm. If the Holy Spirit decides for you not to have it, then that's not your gift, that's mm-hmm. fine. If the Holy Spirit decides for you to have it, then that's what the Holy Spirit's doing. Yeah, I tend to think like that, that the gospel and the God's word is pretty clear that everyone can speak in tongues. That's what Paul mm-hmm. says in first Corinthians, right? Yeah. I wish all of you spoke in tongues mm-hmm. as much as I did. And mm-hmm. he also mentions at the end of the chapter, you know, therefore brothers and sisters be eager to prophesy and do not for- forbid speaking in yeah. tongues. So I do believe that everybody can have that personal side totally. of, of speaking mm-hmm. in tongues. And I think it should be encouraged mm-hmm. just like, all of us can read God's word yeah, and all of us can obey it. Yeah. Yep. That's good. And so that kind of plays into um, somebody really wants and desires mm-hmm. the gift, but they just really haven't had that, yeah. like either that moment or mm-hmm. the out, the out or the, the showing of, of right. tongues. And so what would you pass for somebody in, or how would you kind of explain that to them? Like, yeah. Like, oh, sorry, I guess you're just not the one. <laughs> or, you yeah. know, like what's kind of yeah. that like basis on it? Yeah. Well, I would say, first of all, I, I completely understand how they feel mm-hmm. because that's how I felt before I spoke in tongues. Mm-hmm. I felt for years like, this is for me. Why am I not receiving right. this? Mm-hmm. You know? Um, and so I just had to come to that realization that I, I'm going to serve Jesus with all of my heart, soul, mind, mm-hmm. and strength. And I'm going to love my neighbors and myself. And I'm, I'm going to do whatever I can to share the gospel with people. Mm-hmm. Um, and whatever the Holy spirit wants to do, he can do. Mm-hmm. Um, there would be times where I pray for healing for people and, you know, different gifts that are there, wisdom or knowledge. And I would operate in those best I could. Um, and then just continue to live surrendered 
and open to that. And eventually for me, it just happened. Uh, And I would say for me, I'm glad that it ended up happening the way it did Mm -hmm. because it was more special than had it just happened in my time Mm -hmm. and in my timing. Instead, once I kind of surrendered that, okay, I'm just going to let the Lord do this whenever Mm -hmm. he wants. And it was in his timing and in his way, it was much more special. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Another thing, it kind of relates into verses 13, 14, 15, and 16, just with like the order of speaking in tongues. But we've all, we've, we've both grown up in Pentecostal churches. You've Mm -hmm. pastored for years and you've been here for almost 16 years. Yeah. We're human. Our emotions get involved and they can sometimes overtake what the spirit is doing. So Paul is saying like, you know, when I do this, I'm going to do it in the spirit, but also with my understanding. Mm-hmm. Um, what, I guess this is more like a pastoral question. Like, right. what do you do when it gets out of control? Like, yeah. like if you're just like, like the spirit in you is just kind of like, uh, yeah. this is not, or like maybe somebody gives a word and you're like, I don't, I don't you know, it's just like, like, what do yeah. you, what do you do right. in that situation mm-hmm. as, as a pastor? Yeah. Well, I think, uh, best I can, I'm going to try to bring a little bit of correction, mm-hmm. uh, in that moment. Like if somebody gives a word and it's not biblical, mm-hmm. um, it definitely contradicts mm-hmm. the word of God. Then, um, I'm going to remind us that we're all learning how to use our gifts mm, yeah. and there's going to be times where we have to learn, you know, how to use our gift and how to work it and, and probably bring that verse in. And remind everybody, hey, this is what the word says. Mm-hmm. And then and then maybe talk to that person in private later mm-hmm. and just, you know, help them work through, you know, knowing when it's the Lord talking mm-hmm. and when it's your feelings talking to you mm-hmm. and that you need to operate when the Lord's talking to you, not mm-hmm. when in your yeah. own feelings or in your own selfishness mm-hmm. or, you know, sometimes we all kind of have our own hobby horse. Yeah. And we're kind of like, you know, this is my genre. This is my, this mm-hmm. is what I love to talk about. And it ends up, and if I have the gift of prophecy, uh, that's what ends up coming out all the time. Mm-hmm. And then you're kind of like, eh, okay, what, what's going on there? Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Um, so it, it's important to remember that, um, one of the things that Paul says when he was talking about all of this as well, um, down in verse 32, he said, the spirit of prophets are subject to the control of prophets for God is not a God of disorder, but of peace. Mm -hmm. And that's a good reminder that, um, even though I might be, have a prophetic word, right. I I still have to be self-controlled. Yeah. I I can't be completely out of control and I have to let the Holy spirit lead me by the way, self-control is a gift of the spirit. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So this idea that when I look out of control, I'm more in the spirit. That is not biblical. Mm -hmm. You know, this idea that, Oh, I look drunk in the spirit. I was so in the spirit. No, that's actually opposite of what God says. Mm -hmm. A gift of the Holy spirit is self-control, not out of control. Mm-hmm. self-control. Yeah. Um, and in the, the other reference, I'm blanking where it is, but, uh, Paul says, uh, that y- y- you won't be drunk with wine, but you'll be filled with the spirit in Ephesians. In Ephesians six, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, do not be drunk or with Ephesians wine. Five. Yeah, yeah. Do not be drunk with wine, yeah. but be filled with the spirit. Mm-hmm. What, it's a contrast verse Yeah, that when you're drunk with wine, what do you look like? You look out mm-hmm. of control. 
can't control yourself. You're yeah. just, you, you have no control of your faculties. Yeah. When you are operating in the Holy Spirit, it's the opposite of that. I'm in complete control of my mm-hmm. mouth, my tongue, my words, everything. I'm in control. Mm-hmm. The Holy Spirit is a God of order. Yeah. And so um, I think that, that that's important, which brings in that idea, what you were talking about in the verses above, where Paul says, there's times where I pray in my tongue, and there's times where I pray with my mind. There's times where I sing with my tongue and times where I sing with my mind. Mm-hmm. Right. And, th- and that just means that as people of God, there are times where I'm, I'm operating in the spiritual realm and I'm operating in the physical realm mm-hmm. yeah. and I can go back and forth between both mm-hmm. because that's who I am. Yeah. I'm a physical person, but I'm also a person that's filled with the spirit mm-hmm. and I understand what it means to be a spirit filled yeah. believer who understands that there is a spiritual realm and a physical realm and the spiritual realm is more powerful than the physical realm, mm-hmm. but we live in both as believers and yep. we understand both. Yep. That's good. Well, I want to just kind of end our time, um, back to your big takeaway from Sunday right? and it's use your gift in a loving and orderly way. And I think what's so good and what we're talking about in the context of all of this, what that Paul is writing to the Corinthian church is love is always going to drive the ship. And I think even yeah. what you're saying, like if you're going to maybe correct somebody when they're given a prophecy or it's like they're just maybe out of control, like coming to them in a loving way, because then that person should respond as well in a very loving way. Right. Because yep. you know, we're not going to keep a record of wrongs. We're not going to be like, oh, like yep. two weeks ago you were a weirdo, so you're never going to speak in tongues. It's like, no, like we're going to help you, and yeah. then you want to be able also to receive that feedback and right. respond to it in a healthy way. And, and I think, I guess from just, uh, and you're probably, you probably know, have experiences, but um, from the pastoral oversight of just like when somebody is just like mad at you, you're probably kind of like, yeah, that probably wasn't from the Lord, right? <laughs> you know, when yeah. they're just like, "Whoa!" Like I'm, I know what I'm saying, and it's, it's from the Lord, and mm-hmm. you know, when that happens, like love's not really, <laughs> it's not driving a yeah, relationship, yeah. yeah, and that's just hard. And so I think, like, like you said, if your big takeaway is use your gift in a loving and orderly way, yeah, and it just brings not only unity in the church, but it also invites the inquirer, or the unbeliever, or the unbeliever. Uh, into relationship with Jesus too, and it just really edifies the body yes. of Christ and stuff, yep. which is huge, which mm-hmm. is good. I also want to mention too, if people are listening to this podcast, um, <clears throat> there's a section in here about uh, women in ministry mm-hmm. and um, God using women within the church context to speak and to prophesy. Yeah, and um, we're not going to even like go into that in this podcast <laughs> because you did such a great job on your Sunday message, um, which is here in the podcast. You can watch on the YouTube channel um, because you brought in so much great context and um, biblical hermeneutics to that topic that we don't have time to go down that again because you did a good job on that. But Mm -hmm. I want to just mention if people are reading through chapter 14 and they come to verses 34 and 35 and be like, wait, what does this mean? You know, um, I would say listen to the message that Mark gave on November 15th, 2020, right. um, because he did a great, great job in <clears throat> bringing good, good biblical theology to um, that and also to share our stance on that, where we definitely affirm um, women to, to speak in church and to use their gifts in church and um, mm-hmm. to do that again in a loving and orderly way right? Yep. Um, with that. So, 
Yeah, I think that's that's it because between our two episodes, we're over an hour. Wow. Of of time and I talked for an hour. That's shocking. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> we are no longer shocked, Mark. Yes. We are no longer shocked. <laughs> Neither am I. Yeah. Um, no. So yeah, well, uh, we're gonna continue on for our other episode in chapter fifteen, which is our kind of tie up with yes, our study in with First, First Corinthians, Corinthians yeah. and then. We're going to jump into the Advent season yes. um, as a church um, mm-hmm. and just go through the more traditional forms of Advent with candle mm-hmm. lighting and stuff, which I'm actually excited for. Yeah, it's going to be great. Um, with this. So, um, yeah. Well, again, if you guys have thoughts, questions, or anything, even regarding what we talked about in these episodes about tongues, reach out to us because we understand yes. that there's lots of thoughts and perspectives mm-hmm. with just how maybe you've been raised in the church or not brought up in the church or whatever it might be that you might just be like, I still don't agree with this or understand this. Like talk to us. Like, yes. Don't just yeah. be like, whatever I'm writing them off. Like yeah. let's have a conversation about mm-hmm. these things because they're important and we all grow from them. Right. Um, and I want to even speak for myself um, and for Mark and Kate, like, I feel like we're all pretty open people. Yes. (laughs) Um, We're very open to have conversations about Mm -hmm. theology and about church and about life. And so please approach us um, and just let us know. We'd love to talk Mm -hmm. about all these things. So yeah. Yeah, Any, any last words you want to say? Yeah. I think just a big takeaway is big, you know, use your gift, find Mm -hmm. out what it is, start to work, operate in Mm -hmm. it and start to live it out. Yeah. Uh, If your gift is healing, Start to look mm-hmm. for people to pray for. If yeah. your gift is wisdom, look for mm-hmm. people that you can share the wisdom of God mm-hmm. with. Whatever your yeah. gift is, if your gift is mercy, look for people to yeah. be merciful with. Yeah. And then um, in in the larger context, do it in a loving, orderly way in our large group meetings, and that's important. And just remembering that this is the Holy Spirit. It's mm-hmm. what He's doing, yeah. not what we're doing. It's about what He's doing to honor Jesus Christ in us and to help us live for Christ daily. Mm-hmm. That, that's the point. Yeah. And so um, everything falls back to Jesus, his salvation, and mm-hmm. what he has for all mankind. Yeah. So that's, that's great. Good. So lastly, I guess, uh, remember, Jesus loves you very much. <laughs> so do Kate and I. Yeah. Have a great week. And go fry a turkey. Go fry a turkey. <laughs>